Welcome to the Code Life podcast from me, Cole Beach, and my great mate Nathan Blackaby. Hello, mate. Joined for part two um, of our epic survey uh, with Glenn and Tim. Hello, boys. Hello, So, last episode, we were looking at this mighty survey around uh, blokes' sexual habits, a survey committed, uh, committed by, what is it, commissioned by? We are committed. <laughs> but, uh, and should be uh, commissioned by CVM and uh, interviewing uh, hundreds of blokes around, you know, 508, as many hundreds um, around, you know, sexual habits and stuff. And we were looking last week at uh, porn and some real shocking stuff coming out about the the age that people were accessing pornography or intentionally. And, and some really fascinating stuff, if you haven't listened to it, around where people are learning about sex from, like their mates rather than at home, and, and the importance of you know, youth work, because a lot of people say, well, I'd, I'd love my youth work to engage, and it's all that kind of stuff. So if you haven't listened to part one, have a listen to it. This week, um, or this episode, rather, we're going into um, some, well, quite uncharted territory, I think, in terms of, Christian commentary, because we, I certainly in the many years I've been in ministry, uh, it's over 25 years, I've not really heard much conversation around um, use of prostitution and uh, sexualized massage and that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, that's not been spoken about a lot, uh, from my recollection. And so we're looking at this section of the survey now, which begins with a headline, do you feel that sex outside of marriage is? Do you want to talk us through this one, guys? Yeah, all right. So um, we, when we, we asked, uh, do you feel that sex outside of marriage is? And then the re- answers were always acceptable, sometimes acceptable, sometimes unacceptable, and then always unacceptable. Well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think uh, I would have expected that to be, you know, pretty high. Mm. Yeah. But we've actually, the result for always unacceptable was 64%. Hmm. So that means that's uh, two thirds, isn't it? So the other third, basically, apart from a very small number who said always acceptable, said sometimes acceptable, sometimes unacceptable. A third. What do we make of that? And this is the strong Christian. But the strong Christians, yeah. What do you make of that? What do you make of that, Nathan? Well, because yeah. this is one of the ones that I really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. If, if obviously, I've got to be careful what I say. I'm not in agreement that sometimes it is acceptable. I don't agree. In a marriage, you you married. You're married. You're faithful. Yeah. So I can only assume this 33 percent, 33.70 percent, are at a point in that relationship, perhaps, where it. it might no longer feel like the marriage is functioning as a marriage. I mean, that, that could be. Uh, or, or sex has, yeah, become something of a distant memory. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to say it without... So I've got some mates who would say that they would be in that 33%. Yep. They would say that sometime in a relationship, you're not, you're not hurting the other person. You're getting the bit you need and it means you can still function in, in the marriage and in the relationship. You're not getting it at home, so... I've actually had someone say that to me once. Now, not, admittedly not a Christian, 
but um, a guy had been married for decades. Yeah. And he said to me, I think he was talking about himself, but he said, I've got this mate, he said. Which is <laughs> no. what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> He's stitching me up, mate. <laughs> he said, I've got this mate. He wasn't a Christian, not someone I know, you know, like, like I know you. So I'm not saying the same thing. And he said, you know, He's, he loves his wife and he loves his kids. He said, all grown up. He said, so loves his wife and kids, but he doesn't, do, doesn't have uh, sex in his marriage. There's no intimacy anymore. So every now and again, he's like, look, I just, I go and get what I need and no one ever needs to know. And, you know, that keeps me sane. You know, and then I can, you know, I go and have a good drink and I, you know, have a cigar and I have lots of sex for, <laughs> couple of days and then I go home and uh, my marriage stays together and I think you know that might have been an extreme example but you've just said you've, you've had that said so you've got mates who'd say the same so yeah that's obviously a thing out there I, I think also that there's a number of people who um, they see um, they see having sex with their wife as um, that's where they get the comfort from you know, love and comfort and right. for procreation. But then if you, want to, if you want to experiment and do stuff that you'll see on porn, then you go to the uh, prostitute because she's going to give it to you what you want. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's also a, ch a challenge with porn because then, you, you know, it makes you want to Transaction. Try, it makes you want to try stuff that you otherwise wouldn't try with your wife or you think your wife wouldn't want to or anything. So... I think that that's, a, mm. that's kind of actually, it's, um, yeah. it's a bit disturbing, isn't it, really? Because it's like, actually, rather than seeing, you know, that you, maybe you could do uh, uh, experimental stuff with your wife that's not, not uh, harmful to her, um, you know, you're always, you think, well, I've, I've got to go and get it from somewhere else. I was yeah. wondering if, I mean, I guess, and this is really that, that we're talking about the discussion in this kind of way, because it feels... Um, just from this conversation, that you, the way that you've seen this question is you're married and it's outside of marriage. But, I mean, for me, actually, and, and maybe this, this might be also... Because it depends on how someone would pick up on what this question means. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I read this question, actually, my understanding of the question was sex outside of marriage being sex before marriage as well. And that would be more like a... And so for me, when I saw this stat, and actually, so it's great that we talk about that because we, we obviously picking up on this slightly differently. Yeah. But for me, when I read this, it was more my concern was has the understanding um, and of what marriage means. So why would you save sex until marriage? That was what was being contested, um, rather than it being you are married and yeah. is sex outside of marriage a problem yeah. or not? Because absolutely, I'd be on the same page as. Um, of what we're saying here, which is actually, if you're married, it, <laughs> sex outside of marriage is completely no. And and for me personally, also sex before marriage as well, because how I see marriage, but also how I see sex. But I know that from a lot of conversations with young young people, young adults, with students, um, the idea of marriage and the importance of why is this relationship so important. Yeah. Um, you know, often they'll be talking more about, oh well, we love each other. We're not married, but we we love each other. And so, what's the problem? Also, they will look at marriage and say, "Well, you know, uh, they will throw stats out and say, you know, more, more than half marriages are breaking down anyway. So clearly, marriage isn't so important. We love each other, so why can't we be having sex?" And that's maybe another in terms of how they're seeing this question. Yeah. So yeah, good, good spot, mate.
Yeah. We'll keep on talking through these uh, sure, yeah. stats. So we asked, why do you think people use prostitutes? Um, and the top answer was loneliness. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty sad, isn't it, really? Really sad. People feeling lonely before they've, uh, you know, and that's, so that's the, the only way they feel that they can get. Because, of course, it isn't, it isn't real relationship, is it? You're paying for it. It's not like a... It's an illusion, isn't it? Yeah. It's an illusion, yeah. So then the next highest one was um, search for intimacy, you know, which is the same, really. It's like, and again, total illusion. And then the other ones that were over, or uh, uh, that were half or, or, um, or uh, more, was um, relieving stress. Um, yeah, I mean, we all understand that having sex uh, relieves your stress but this is sex with a prostitute. And then experimentation, trying out what you see in, in pornography, which yeah, is very what we were high. talking about yeah. before. Um, and, and then dissatisfaction with the partner, which is also what we were talking about earlier as well, wasn't it? Where it says other, and it's just shy of 10%, please specify, whether, can you recall any, whether, any weird and wonderful answers? Because that's still a relatively high percentage that, you know, you just think what's, what's What's going on there, you know? Is there a big step between... I mean, we've gone from talking about looking at porn on your phone, let's say, to going out and paying for sex. That's, it feels to me like a quite a big transition. How, how does that...? Well, that's the interesting point. Like, maybe is for, you know, a long-term... Christian, it doesn't really work in, you know, that's not been our lives, but let's say you've been a Christian six months, a year, you can see yourself a strong Christian, but you've got residue from the past, or maybe, like we often talk about the narrow path of Matthew 7, Gradual. you've been one degree off course for many, many years, like you've been looking at your softball, like you were saying, back when you were kids, you found a, a copy yeah. of, you know, yeah, some yeah. porn mag in the woods, and then, you know, years later, it's on your phone, and then, then it starts going to other stuff, and then you, you're just looking at a webcam girl, and then you think, do you know what, I just phoned that number. I just text that working girl. Maybe that's a 10-year journey. Maybe it's a five-year journey. Maybe for some it's a six months. But it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, and I do think God gives you, you know like a speeding truck going down a hill, they have those pull-offs. So he can, gives you pull-off lanes. I think he gives you pull-off lanes at various points. I think even, to be honest with you, even if you are really down the rabbit hole, like you are in trouble, yeah. there's an exit door yeah. and God will, God, God's grace will spare you. Yeah, I definitely believe that. I think there's always, always hope with this. Yeah. And sometimes when I've talked to other people about, you know, educating kids about this stuff, they say, oh, well, it's, it's too late, you know. It's already out there. They're going to get it anyway. Rather than saying, yeah, we can still believe that that if we educate kids that they're going to make good choices and if, we, if, we, if men really understand the situation and they're going to do the right thing, um, yeah, with yeah. God's help, of course, yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, life is, life is a roller coaster ride, isn't it? It's not a tram ride and pain happens and life happens and at various points your resistance is going to be low, isn't it? And if you haven't got good, we talk about this as we conclude, I guess, but if you haven't got good people around you and strong friends and who hold you, all of us are at risk, aren't we? I mean, years ago when I was doing talks 
around this. I used to say, if you've got a penis and a pulse, you're at risk. You know, if you basically if you're a breathing bloke, you you've got you're at risk of falling in any one of these ways. Yeah, and this uh, the next thing here looks like a real trap because do you feel that erotic or sexualized massage is the same as prostitution? That that is just such a easy way in, isn't it? You think yeah. oh, I'll go and have a massage. Yeah, yeah. I'm my back's aching. And you get felt up or whatever, being honest, and then you don't stop them and you think, well, I didn't know this would happen and I'll so, come back here again. So 20% of them said that they didn't think it was, yeah. which is of concern yeah. because exactly what you're saying, yeah, it could easily, one thing can lead to another. Yeah. And you, I mean, I guess on that, like, I guess what is, if you want to look at it as progression, so it's, some, it's difficult because sometimes, well, actually, that's how it, it's, it's that kind of degrees of, is this bad, is it not bad? Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about theologically, I guess you're kind of like, well, you, it's, it's the, it's the, um, it's, or it's that direction, it's that degree off because yeah. you're heading towards something already. But in terms of impact, I mean, you look at then when you start looking at the actual activity of people yeah. and, and what they're talking about and how they see certain things. Um, but, you know, viewing um, a live webcam of someone. Mm. Now, again, is that different from watching pornography? Perhaps in someone's mind, it isn't, but it's that degree of, oh, it's something which is recorded to then seeking and finding a site where these are live people doing these things. Mm. Uh, at that degree, maybe it isn't made it, but it is just simply these, all these different avenues of, of how these work. Um, you know, interesting um, thoughts about in terms of experiencing or looking for one-off hookups. So this idea of casual sex and again, looking at what, how do we see sex? Why is it important? Why is it not? What's the purpose of it? And that was quite a high stat, 23%. Have you ever experienced a hookup, one-off yeah. sex encounter, 23%? Have you used hookups apps? No, was 93% though. Have you ever had a traditional massage where the massage touches sexually? Yes, 8%. Have you had a massage going sexualized? Did you tell them to stop, ignored them? Told them to continue, 5%. It's still, I think, that's, that's higher than I thought for a strong Christian. Have you ever had sexual intercourse with a prostitute? 10%, yes. Chose not to answer 10%, no, 87%. And just with that last one, um, so in 2017, when um, the government sent out their, their big kind of paper on prostitution, just look at kind of where they were. At that point, they were estimating that um, of the general populace, 11% of men were using prostitutes. Right. So, so the stat about the world and the church is not much different. I think that's where actually where I said it's a bit damning or depressing because it's the same for stats around divorce, isn't it? And uh, I think domestic abuse. The, the stats between the, the difference between the church and the world is not discernible. But again, the, the, the caveat we, we put in here is whilst they're answering yes or no here, and one thing that you know we have written into the paper that actually what would have been an if we were able to get that extra level of detail is, when we answer these things, where does it sit within your Christian walk? So was it before you became Christian, was it after, or not even that black and white there, in terms yeah. of where in your journey were these things happening, yeah. you know, we're not able to pick that up. So it's not to say that then, particularly within the CVM network, the stuff that's been happening and the things that we've been talking about, they haven't had an impact, they may have had great impact, yeah. um, but it is just simply a black and white answer, yes or no. So. Uh, but yes, it, it is concerning because it's not, it doesn't look as if it's very fine, far behind the curve. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
what I'd love us to do is just quickly look through these stats on, um, uh, you know, what people think about how the church should respond and how and how people think they could find help, and then actually thrash out what what do we do? Because some of this I found was really fascinating. Um, clearly, um, men were aware of other men who were using pornography, not so much prostitution. It seems to be really in the dark. So. 55% of men were aware of, you know, men who use porn, but only 1.63% use prostitutes. But this was interesting. Can I just, uh, can I just sure. respond to that? Because I think that that's interesting because that, that to me, says that men don't, aren't honest with their mates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and just not so, very good at hiding it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So they know, it's, they know that they well, shouldn't be doing it, yeah, but they but still... Because the stats don't add up. Because if no. you're saying, well, 10% of men here are saying, well, I've used exactly. presumptions and I've been with a prostitute, but, but men are only aware of 1.63% of men. Yeah, exactly, exactly, that. yeah. So in other words, we're being dishonest. <coughs> yeah. Well, you're not even we're telling not your telling, closest mate. Who are we telling? Yeah. Or are we just living in the dark? So, um, this particular question, as well, I think something that we picked up, uh, realising that actually it may have been more useful to have this question as click all that are. Um, applicable. I think one thing about this question which can sway is that unfortunately this was just click one or the other. So, okay. it, so in that sense, it could only choose one, you know, yeah. they didn't have the other thing to pick up on. However, um, yeah, I guess but if they did not... I think we could safely no, say no, men sure. are not... No, they're not really... Exactly. Not really saying what's really yeah. going on. And, you know, we know, that, we know that suicide rates are extremely high. You know, I think men just, they carry all this stuff and then they suddenly go pop. You know, or their marriage goes pop, or their life goes pop, basically. This one was interesting. Are you fearful that if you're honest about some aspects of your sexual behaviour, then you'd face church discipline? Well, 25%. Well, 25% said yes. Well, said yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a quarter. That's a lot. Yeah. They're actually fearful. So why would you tell anyone else in church that you've got a problem? You wouldn't, would you? You think you're going to get a book thrown at you, literally. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I set a shameless plug, but, you know, we set this sober leader thing up yeah. for leaders they, who are struggling with hidden drink addiction because, not just for that purpose, but part of the purpose, uh, because the church is not a safe place to confess, particularly if you're a leader. You know, if, you, if you're a vicar, I know that the only type of church leader, but let's say you're a Church of England vicar and you confess you are alcohol addicted or sex addicted, that's potentially putting your livelihood, your house, your pension, your kids' honour, uh, an article in the Daily Mail, it's all on the line. So why would you say anything? So there's, there's, a, there's a culture issue about finding help, isn't there? And safety. Um, do you think the church should better address sexual challenges? 91% uh, said, yeah, we've got to do better. It's pretty clear. <laughs> it's pretty clear. Um, these next two I found very challenging. How do you think the church can help men to tackle sexual challenges? And would you consider joining a support group for people who are seeking help for unwanted sexual behaviour? Yeah. Well, only 16% only said yes in person, 18% said yes online. No was 60%. Would not want to join a help On the group. other hand, you've got... 68% saying that one-on-one face-to-face -on -one accountability and support is the thing, number one way that the church can support men. Mm. So here's, here's the, you know, 
as we sort of bring this thing to some kind of conclusion, um, we've looked at a whole bunch of stats which are scary, uh, but also really good in terms of like we know where we're at if we scale this up. I think polling, you know, 500 odd guys is a good indication, really. Um, we know that there's issues with porn and unfaithfulness and percentage of guys are seeing prostitutes, all this kind of stuff. We know that they're frightened to put their hands up and confess in the church, um, but also uh, they wouldn't necessarily go to a support group, even if it was staff with specialists, wouldn't particularly want to go to counselling. But one-to-one -one accountability with their mates and support, yes. So what, what, what do we do? <laughs> How does that work? Clearly, groups don't work for people, or do they? Well, I think groups can work. I'm part oh. of a group uh, myself, which I attend every week, and I find it is really interesting. I, it's an online group, and I, uh, the other guys in the group, honestly, I don't know whether I would choose them to be my <laughs> buddies, but, uh, but I, do, I do love... I've got to really respect and like them, and the fact that we, you know, we share our hearts... And not just about this issue, but about other stuff as well. Yeah. I think the challenge is, to get, is that you can have a men's group that, goes, that just goes off track and doesn't really deal with what we're talking about here. So I think uh, I'm really glad to be part of a group that does stay on track, but we still have a chance to talk about the stuff that's been really tough that yeah. week. You know? So I, I think it's great. I think, I think it's that initial thought of getting into and having to to be open and honest. You know, when we have new people, we really encourage them. But the hardest thing is that first couple mm. of weeks when you're like, well, do I really want to do this? You yeah. know, um, but, I've, but I, the one-to-one the, the -one is great, but I think the challenge, I've done that as well. And I think maybe it's probably ideal to do both at the same time. But I think uh, the challenge with the one-to-one -one thing is, for example, one guy that I, w I did it with, he said to me, um, he, he said to me, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'd rather just be a good friend with you. <laughs> and I think what he meant was, you know, like it was, it was becoming a bit of a burden for him to have mm. to listen to me telling, oh, I, I fell down again, you know, last week I struggled again. So I think, you know, you, you, and so then having to find someone, the other thing is that if you ask someone and then they say, oh, no, I couldn't do that, you know, because maybe they themselves are struggling then that's, oh, that's hard, you know. So I think there needs to be some kind of system where you can match people and, and then they can really be, um, in, you know, that they can really be helped. Um. It's another thought. I, you know, setting up this sober leader group, and I was talking to a lot of guys who use AA groups, you know, to great effect, but they didn't go to the group until it was either almost too late or, or had been too late for their marriage or something, you know. Um, they basically got to a point of beyond desperation or something catastrophic had happened where they'd gone, oh, do you know what, I've actually got a drink problem. It's taken me this much to realise I have. Um, you know, we don't want that to be the case. No, we, you know, I'd, I set up sober leads not from a point of, of bad alcohol addiction, but realising that there is a, a call of God on me to lead something, but also I, I, I realised I had controls in place if they weren't there, I could easily have a problem. So I wasn't drinking Monday to Friday or, you know, drink, no drink Monday to Thursday, drink Friday, Saturday or whatever. Now I think, why do I need those controls? So I decided to make a decision about it. That's almost what you want around this. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm having to put accountability in. 
that means I need point I've got an issue. So I need, you know, I need to talk to a group or let's form a group or, you know, let's, let's get something going here rather than, oh heck, do you know what? I've started seeing prostitutes. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm looking at cam girls. I'm, I'm on phone sex lines. I'm building up debt. I've got to get this sorted out because I know that there'll be blokes listening to this who are phoning chat lines on webcams, looking at porn, maybe their fingers been hovering over texting a, a, a prostitute or, or been to see one and they know they're in, prob and in trouble. Um, maybe they've even started an affair or had a, had a fling and they've got to get a grip. And like Nathan said, there is an exit strategy, but we don't want it to get that far. We, we, and so what, what should guys do listening hey, to this? So my men's group I'm part of, um, we, I, I think my encouragement is that guys have to get to that depth of relationship. I think it's easy to sit in a men's group at a surface level commitment and involvement and honest, honesty level. And the group I'm part of, the, the DNA of it is kept really in focus and it's this raw honesty. It's a real place where you can just pour out the real ugliness of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite a rare thing for blokes to find. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm such an advocate for CVM's men's groups. Not only are we sharp and focused on the gospel, because I think that's one of the parts we want to put through is that it's not just about restraining and holding back an addiction. It's about saying, why don't you go after some... some well, harness some, your testosterone and yeah, use it for good. Yeah, go after the stuff yeah. Jesus is looking at and going after and, yeah. and almost rechanning that, but also intentionally having that level of honesty that is, yeah. is safe. You know that those guys... I've told those guys things, and I know it will never be repeated. No. Safe place to just deal with it. And, yeah. and that's a unique thing. I think we need more of that. And, and, you know, frankly, CVM is like, it's a great start, isn't it? Because mm. you've already got a relationship with other guys. Yeah. Why can't you use that rather than for some guys who don't even have that, they don't really have any connection. Yeah. So that, but there is also some support you can get from uh, Naked Truth. That's mm. a, I know that you've had some yeah, connection yeah. with Absolutely. them before. Great ministry, yeah. Really important ministry. So uh, that's one, uh, particularly for pornography. Well, they run groups, don't they? To they do, support yeah. Guys, yeah. So that would be, would be definitely worth looking them yeah. up. Mm. And then the other thing is, uh, and I think they do one-to-one -one counselling as well, actually. Yep. And the other one is Azalea Flint. Um, Azalea, they're based in Luton, but they, they're, they're, I think they're certainly open to the possibility of doing counselling one-on-one mm. and then developing into group work, particularly okay. for men who've got challenges with you know, visiting sex workers and uh, people that have been prostituted, yeah. Well, let's, let's cut to the chase as we uh, bring this into land. A guys listening to this who, they realise they've got an issue, they've not told anyone, they may have visited a prostitute, might be being unfaithful, having a fling, whatever, got some hidden issues, um, might be chronically addicted to porn, um, or might have just started to open a, a gateway into it. What, what, what does he do? today what does he do well i think i think the first thing you do is is that you 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 say i've got a problem and then and then you, when you realize that you've got a problem then you can start to do something about it if you if you just keep hiding and saying you know mm, well, i don't really i don't really have a problem then it's not you're not going to move forward with it and let's say let, let's just say that you don't have to wait until 
that really difficult time when you know it's affecting your relationships with other yeah. people. Let's say it's bef well before that. Um, there's a there's a young guy who's in my group, and he's just he he has his accountability partner is his dad. Can you oh. imagine? I mean, that's just so impressive oh, to me. Yeah. I think that's really wonderful. But um, if you know, we we need need to be brave. We need to be brave and 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 find those other guys who who want to. Um, who, who want to help. Mm. Um, and if you're the kind of person that wants to help other people, then you can put yourself forward, either to other CVM leaders or, yeah. or to, um, you know, to Naked Truth, because they, there's a real need for men who can mentor and support other men. Yeah. Over the years, um Obviously, with Facebook and Messenger, we're all quite accessible now. Over the years, occasionally, I, I get a message from someone uh, reaching out for help because um, obviously they don't know me in person. They might have seen me on a platform somewhere, and they say, "Look, actually, this is the issue that's going on." Um, I think in nearly every single case where that's happened, I've been able to connect with someone. It's been the pathway out, you know, pathway to freedom and, and healing. I think you're right. The first step is saying, "I've got a problem." And step two is typing that message to someone and saying, I, I need some help. There's something in there, in there about bringing stuff to the light, letting it surface. Because a lot of this, it, I don't know if it changes perspective, but when you bring something to someone else and go, look, this is it, this is, this is what I'm wrestling with. For you, it can feel like absolutely massive. But just sometimes bringing it to the light, you get a new perspective, you get some help. Yeah. Support and you start to get your life back. You do, and the other fascinating thing for me is whenever I've put my hands up and said, "I've got an issue, I need help," I found that people love me more, not less. It's about that vulnerability piece again, isn't it? Yeah. Where we, we just yeah. say, "I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help." That's right. Can we point the guys to this data any anywhere, or is there any yeah, ongoing um, sort of conversations to be well, had? Yeah, because um, Beach is going to work on a paper for the Christianity today, so that should be out soon. Um, we can we can uh, do a two-page uh, summary uh, that will be suitable for the um, for, for the website if you're up for that. Right. And then we'll have a number of websites, uh, including Naked Truth mm. and um, cool. Azalea Flint and. See if and if there's other stuff that people want, you know, email in and yeah. and they'll let me know. But um, yeah, we're actually hoping at some point to get into a peer review journal, but that's all blah blah really. So um, I, most of you won't be interested in that. But but um, uh, Tim's worked really hard on that. <laughs> well, thanks guys. You know, we'll 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 see how we can progress this, and we'll we'll maybe revisit the whole subject in about six months and see where we go with it.